Hello, and welcome to the Dairy Defined Podcast, and happy National Co-op Month. In case you didn't know, October is the month when the cooperative movement, more than a century old in the United States, is celebrated. If you're not sure whether you're a member of a co-op, think about it. One-third of all Americans are, and whether it's a credit union, your local hardware store, your electricity provider, or one of thousands of other businesses and services, you likely interact with a co-op every day. They even have their own Hall of Fame. And that brings us to today's guest. Rich Stammer, the semi-retired former CEO of Agrimark, an NMPF member cooperative, is a member of the Cooperative Hall of Fame for the dedication he showed to building communities and encouraging the self-help, volunteering spirit of cooperatives during his time there. Rich, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me, Alan. So what does it take to get into a Hall of Fame? It usually implies some sort of excellence. For a cooperative, what is excellence? I wish I could answer the question of how you get in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's so many great people in the co-op movement. Uh, it's really an honor to be in there. Uh, why I'm in there, I can't tell you. I've been dedicated my life to co-ops and uh, been very involved. But you need a lot of advocates, I guess, uh, who, who recognize that. To answer your question, what's excellence for a co-op, that's really an easier question. Uh, It's serving the needs of your members. We exist for our members, and uh, we're there to serve a need. And basically, co-ops were all founded because uh, individuals had a need, a need for banking services, a need for marketing services, a need to buy stuff. And dairy, historically, is, is heavily reliant on cooperatives. I think it's 85% of U.S. milk is marketed through a co-op. How does that contribute to some of the uniqueness of dairy within agriculture? Because a lot of other commodities don't have that history. I would say it's somewhat the other way around. It's the uniqueness of dairy that has contributed to us being so co-op uh, heavy rather than than co-ops being there uh, or dairy forming co-ops, there was a real need in dairy because of uh, lots of the uniqueness of dairy products, very highly perishable products, uh, seasonality of uh, consumption and demand. I mean, we use the old uh, sell it or smell it. So you had all these dairy farmers making this product every single day of the year that they had to find a market for. The buyers of milk, they would need it sometimes, sometimes they wouldn't. And so there was a real need for co-op, for dairy farmers to get together to be able to sell their milk and be able to sell it every single day of the year, even though there wasn't a demand for it. Other commodities like grains, you can store them. You know, you harvest once a year, you can store it. Dairy, you make milk every day, you have to sell it every day. And also in dairy, because it, it was such a staple of, of nutrition for people, uh, the government got in heavily involved in dairy to be sure that there was an adequate supply for, for consumers. So they formed price support programs and marketing orders and things like that. And dairy farmers needed representation in all those things. They couldn't, individual farmers couldn't represent themselves. So it was really those needs of dairy to have a market for their milk every day of the year and to represent dairy farmers, whereas 
is why they formed cooperatives and why cooperatives are so important. And when you look at the ideals stated for cooperatives, self-help, self-responsibility, democracy, equality, equity, solidarity, that sounds awfully high-minded and idealistic compared with some of your day-to-day, maybe less lofty challenges. How do they work together? <laughs> uh, first of all, without the cooperative model, you couldn't have all those things working together. But sometimes it's a real challenge. I'll tell you, when, when you uh, talk about things like legislation or federal orders or things like that, because we're advocating for our members, we may actually be advocating for some things which aren't the best for our cooperative business. They may make our profit, our cooperative business less profitable, but we're there first of all to represent the members. And so we, we do that. We represent their interests first. Being a marketing cooperative, which, which Agrimark and Cabot are, you know, we have to meet the needs of consumers as well as our members and sometimes sometimes those needs are in conflict with each other okay so um so yet you have to balance all of that that need of you got to satisfy your consumers you have to satisfy your members um you have to be able to sell your products to the consumers to satisfy the need to market your members milk so at times you juggle a lot of balls to make it all happen you were talking about um, Congress and legislation a moment ago. You, you hear calls sometimes from periodically in Congress or other organizations to weaken cooperatives. What would be the implications of, of those types of measures, specifically in the context of dairy? The real threat to us, uh, to all cooperatives, is when Congress starts talking about messing with the cap or volstead provisions of cooperatives. That's what allows us to farmers to get together to jointly market their products. And it allows co-ops to get together to jointly market their products, to represent their members. And that would be a huge blow to, to all co-ops, particularly the dairy, though thing of national milk is we can get together and work on stuff and not have to worry about uh, antitrust things and stuff like that. If you eliminated our Capra-Volstead uh, immunities, that would be a huge threat to all co-ops and, and particularly to dairy, I think, since we're so co-op heavy. Discussing Capra-Volstead, a piece of legislation that turned 100 years old just this year. Yep. Um, your career hasn't been going on quite that long, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> but, um, you know, you're talking about some, some bedrock principles here. And I'd be very interested in your thoughts as far as the role of the co-op and the service of the co-op and how it has evolved over the course of your career, which is probably closing on to about, you know, half the length of the Capra-Volstead Act. <laughs> yes. I, I would say co-ops are uh, just as important or maybe more important but as they were 50 years ago. But certainly the role of co-ops has changed immensely over that period of time. 50 years ago, we were mainly uh, taking our farmer's milk and selling it to somebody else. We were sort of bargaining co-ops. We may, may have had balancing plants to balance the market. But otherwise, we were you know, basically selling the milk to other people. 
and representing our farmers in legislation and things like that. Um, today, co-ops, there's fewer co-ops, they're bigger, but we're heavily involved in manufacturing. A lot of the consumer products companies really kind of exited manufacturing to concentrate on marketing, and co-ops uh, picked up that role of, of manufacturing. So co-ops today are, dairy co-ops are heavily invested in manufacturing, which providing a member, a market for our members' milk. When it comes to the representation side of the business, you know, back 50 years ago, we had a price support program. Basically, the price farmers got was determined by the price support program. And the big role of co-ops was really working with dairy policies and primarily on the price support program, fighting to get higher price supports and things like that. And back, it was back then when marketing orders were formed. And uh, again, to move the milk, be sure consumers got their supply of milk, farmers were treated equitably, and co-ops were heavily involved in, in the market order program. So the price support program has gone away. You know, there is no more price support program. So something we were so involved with 50 years ago, which took up a huge amount of time, it doesn't even, it's not even there anymore. But it sounds like there's a lot of other areas where the co-op is more important than ever. Right. And so, so that role is switched. You know, we still have farm bills, but they're not as dramatic as they used to be back in, at that period of time. So, but a lot of representation of co-ops has, has switched now more to, as more and more people moved away to the farm, from the farm, didn't know anything about farming. Co-ops have played a bigger role in kind of informing consumers about dairy and farmers and what they do. And, you know, we have attacks from animal rights groups. Dairy farmers take great care of their animals, but getting that message out to consumers with all the negative things that come down uh, is an important role of, of co-ops. Uh, we, we have a program, our farm program, basically to ensure uh, animals are treated right, to have a measurable way of uh, animal care, and to get that message out to consumers about how well we care for our animals. You have more and more challenges in the, on the environmental side of our business. And dairy co-ops have been very, become very involved in sustainability efforts. And again, showing how sustainable dairy farms are and how we take care of our land. We, we are much more involved in getting messages out to consumers, representing farmers and environmental laws and there's so many areas of labeling you know we have imitation dairy products coming up and so we have representation and labeling we have representation in environmental laws that whole area probably wasn't really there 50 years ago but that's changed tremendously 50 years ago nobody in a dairy even cared about the international market i mean we were a domestic industry uh, today, we're heavily reliant on the international market for our price. And dairy co-ops have, again, played a big role in 
trying to get equal trade agreements, being involved in trade themselves. So they're still very important today as a market for our member milk, but they serve so many other roles. So let's talk a little bit before we uh, let you go, Rich, about some of your roles. What are you up to these days? Well, I'm mostly retired. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, I'm heavily involved in going to grandkids sports. (laughs) I have twin sons who play, who are seniors in high school, who play basketball, uh, soccer, and baseball. So we we're making all our games, maybe the last year. And I have a granddaughter who's also heavily involved in sports. So we do a lot of that. We've been speaking with Rich Stammer, a former CEO of Agrimark and a member of the Cooperative Hall of Fame. And that's it for today's podcast. Thanks a lot, Rich. Thank you, Alan. We have, by the way, an entire page dedicated to cooperatives on our website, nmpf.org. Just go to our About menu and click on About Cooperatives. For more of the Dairy Defined podcast, you can find and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music under the podcast name Dairy Defined. Happy Co-op Month. <laughs>